Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the All About Reality pod. Today, a long time coming, we've been hoping for one of the great men of fantasy football and the fantasy footballers eponymously. We're talking Mike Wright. Mike, welcome to the program. I'm happy to be here, fellas. Thank you for the invite. It's always good to just jump on and talk to some new people about this stupid game that we love way too much. Speaking of the stupid game we love way too much, Goody, the Listener's League popped off this morning. Welcome back to the program. How are you doing? Like, uh, are, you, are you having a little FOMO without, with your lack of picks in that league? Yeah, a, li- a little bit of FOMO. The psychology of not having any picks in a rookie draft is, is kind of tough. But at the end of the day, I'll let my Christian McCaffrey do the talking on the field. So, uh, and, you know, obviously, like, I don't need picks on a day like this when we got Mike Wright on the podcast. I mean, oh. welcome, Mike. Yeah, we're, well. we're super, excited, super, super excited to have you. I mean, without question, our listeners were like, who do we were polling? Who do you want on? And, and you were at the top of the list, like repeatedly. And, Ooh, and so I haven't fooled. <laughs> yeah, good work. Good work on that. And and to some extent, when you were looking for places to come, you were asking about like talking about things other than fantasy football too. And in the middle of this this long stretch we have here without football, one of the fascinating things that I wanted to kick you off with here, Mike, was um, as someone who teaches philosophy and theology. Uh, fantasy football gives us like this stupid game that allows us to run away the things of gravity. And there's this one philosopher named Thomas Hobbes that famously claimed that life is nasty, brutish, and short. And then there's Aristotle that says like we all live because all human beings desire to know. It's like this kind of beautiful metaphysical statement. So my question with you in your real life worldview, are you, do you tend to be like on more on the, uh, life is nasty, brutish, and short side of things? Or are you much more of like the, uh, like we're all here, like trying to figure things out. Like, is- uh, sure. Well, I'll, I'll go number one. I have heard of both of those guys. So in your face, well teachers. <laughs> uh, uh, honestly, uh, depends on the day of the week. <laughs> depends on the hour these days. Like if you would have asked me an hour ago, I would say that life is way too long. Let, let, let's just, <laughs> let's cut to the chase. Uh, but uh, yeah, I mean, I, I, I have a very strong in, inward battle and struggle with, with those things where I often can see uh, the beauty and things. Like I went out last night. Uh, are you guys familiar with, uh, with SpaceX and the Starlink project? Oh, yeah, yeah. So yeah. in Arizona, we, over the past couple of weeks, have been able to see them like repeatedly. And the, the, the first time I saw it, I didn't know what it was. Like all of a sudden I'm just, I'm out there to see a different satellite and all of a sudden I'm just seeing all these really, really bright lights, not flashing lights. So like there's, it's impossible that this is an airplane and they just keep going and they're all going to the same exact spot in a line. And it's, it turns into this, okay, this, this is now approaching the, the part of the day where it's really, really freaking me out because <laughs> I have no idea what's happening. Come to find out it was Starlink. I, I got to see it again. So it's like, at night, I can go out and like I'm a I'm big into space like that that part of me wanting to be an astronaut as a boy go to the moon that that's still in me so I can look up and go holy crap we are so small and insignificant and see the beauty but then I'll get wrapped up in trying to get my kids chicken nuggets warmed up in the microwave everyone's yelling at me so like I said depends on the day depends on the hour but I I can definitely be 100% on both sides. Now, the, you, you say that well. Look, the stars are literally aligning out there in Arizona for you guys. I'm fascinated to, that I, I live too well, much. Well, yes. <laughs> like, so, I, I, these things, it's just too much, uh, too much, uh, I guess, light pollution even around here for me to see such things. But, um, but the space thing resonates with me. My, my, my own children right now are watching the original Michael Jordan basketball documentary Space oh. Jam to keep us away. Keep, keep <laughs> oh, away. my so. goodness. So uh, f- funny story for that. So my, my middle son, he's my athlete. And he, I like, he's, a, he's into football because dad likes football. So we, we haven't really done much basketball uh, because the Phoenix Suns have – sucked for a decade now like i was diehard in the suns when they were actually good but so he comes across space jam on netflix on i didn't push him to this he just saw it and since finding it 
he's probably watched it 20 times and it went from not really caring about basketball too much to all of a sudden Michael Jordan is the greatest he is the best player of all time and he doesn't know about Jordan playing he just knows Michael Jordan from Space Jam and then and that was everything that that was enough to change his mind it's a very influential movie it is. It's, it, it opened number one, my wife told me. I had no idea when Space Jam opened. It was like it set box office records for a while, apparently. So there you go. She also pointed out to me that her father bought her the sweet Charles Barkley, like purple and gold shoes from when he was on mm. the Suns, which, oh, uh, yes. which makes me wish that my father-in-law was uh, my father back when I was young. Like, the, I got no such thing. So, the Barkley days were good days to be a yeah. Phoenix Suns fan. Indeed. Yeah. So, so goody. Yeah. How about you? How about you? Are you hanging in there? Are you are you a life is nasty, brutish, and short guy right now? Or are you are you feeling more optimistic and wondering about the world as as we head into the fantasy season finally? First, before I get to this, my 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 folks live in Arizona, and I have had aunts and uncles live there for a long time, and so I I kind of grew up. And the Suns were my West Coast team, so and ironically, Kevin Johnson was my neighbor until oh, he got yeah. traded to the Suns. So oh yeah, like those, those teams like he's reliving in the Last Dance, like kind of see the Suns and Bulls play and, and what that looked like I, I just brings back brings back some memories of a pretty amazing team so I you know I've spent a lot of time in Arizona obviously and 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 can really appreciate what Mike's saying also about the sky because like you see so many start the, there's two places I feel like I've been in in the world where you can just see the sky at night like with tons of stars and everything else and, and one is in Arizona the other one is depending on where you are and what the night looks like in Hawaii so that's that's pretty awesome in terms of like life is short this that and the other um I think it depends on the day I'm, I'm in where my kids are with their homework or, or <laughs> you know, how, how, yep. how much how much screen time they've had or whatever else I, I mean I, I, you know, we're letting them sleep in and when they start work, they start work basically like, so luckily they haven't interrupted this podcast yet. But for, for me, I, I think that, you know, we're tapping a lot of creativity. I mean, my son has birthday a couple of weeks ago, his 10th birthday during this and, and we've come up with some cool thing. We came up with some cool stuff around that to make it more, you know, experience based and not woe is me. So I, you know, I, I think that, some creativity has come out of this and, and you know certainly it it affords the ability to you know it's definitely a creative for our podcast I think to reaching out to people who maybe wouldn't necessarily have the have the time or inclination otherwise so I in ways I'm grateful for this and you know in, in ways like everybody else I'm I'm antsy to be outside and and do some things that we haven't been able to do so Mike Thank you for coming on, making so much time. Oh, you time. got it. Man, and but just to kind of echo what, he, what Matt was saying, it's like I've been trying to do my best here. Of like I'm, I'm kind of a little bit more available than usual for to do some guest spots. And I mean, he, I get them from time to time. And like in the season and in the, in the real off season, like once June hits, it's, I mean, I just, I really, it's, I struggled to find the time to do it. So I've been trying to take advantage of these situations to get out here and just jump on a whole bunch of shows and, and meet a whole bunch of new people. Well, here's the first question that we have for you as we lean into your fantasy expertise, such as it is. To this year, we have like kind of an awesome uh, situation in terms of a really vast influx of talents with the rookie draft. We all have yeah. our eyes focused on the NFL draft. When you look at the first round in a regular league, in a super flex league, how many rookies do you think should go off the board before the first wide receiver is selected for, for owners? And in RSO, there's these like rookies. You mean running options. backs? Yeah, pardon me, running backs. Pardon okay. Me. Yeah, yeah. So how many you. running backs should go out the, off the board before the first wide receiver? Um, you could include this, the quarterbacks in Superflex too. Sure. So uh, even in a Superflex, as much as I believe in Joe Burrow, uh, I think I would still take Clyde. 101 and I would go with Jonathan Taylor at two at 102 like the, the landing spots are just are so fantastic for me and I'm not uh, I'm not freaking out for this year yet at least when it comes to Edwards Alaire like I think Damian Williams will still be around maybe he gets cut and then it's all in on Edwards but 
I think it'll, I think he'll still end up as the main guy, but it might take some time. So I'm not like I'm not pushing for a redraft. Let's you got to take Clyde in the second round. I'm I'm not there yet, but long term, oh my goodness, like it's just such an unbelievable fit. And it's the same thing for Jonathan Taylor. Once Marlon Mack is gone, I think Taylor is just going to feast behind that offensive line. It was a wild draft because all the all the talk, like I, I would, I consider myself a uh, not a hardcore dynasty player, but I play and I really, really like the format. Now I'm about uh, like four years into playing the the format, so but newer compared to a lot of people. Uh, but all the chatter, all the chatters, these wide receivers, the wide receiver class of 2020. You're, it's like it's people are selling out for 2020 picks back in 2012. Like that's how excited people were getting about this yep. rookie class. And then all of a sudden it's wow. The running backs really landed in some excellent long-term spots. So I, I was shocked when I went in to do my rookie rankings. And uh, so I'll count that this is non, I'll say non super flex. Cause I'm, that's how I'm ranked. And so I got Edwards, Alaire, I got Taylor, Dobbins, uh, I'm okay if you want to say Cam Akers. Uh, he's the most questionable of the group. Uh, and then, of course, DeAndre Swift is in that group as well. So I've, I'm okay taking all five of those guys before you go with Judy or Lamb because the problem with the wide receiver landing spots, who is the clear 101? And that's the hard thing to do with your rookie picks is they miss so much. It's like of those four or five, I can't remember wide receivers taking the first round. How many are actually going to hit? Is it really going to be all of them? Historically? No, it will not be all of them. It would be a successive two of them hit and became uh, all stars in the NFL. So I, I find myself leaning that I want to go running back early because I believe so much in the talent of those players combined with their, long-term prognosis uh is starting in 20 what 2021 these guys are going to be starters and they are going to be dominant yeah speaking of that chatter goody um we face we've seen the the listener league pop off this morning the the, the running backs has has gone as as mike has said and they've just been flying off the board it seems like the big debate that's shaping up in most leagues is whether or not Keyshawn vaughn because of the beauty of his landing spot pops ahead of those receivers too, just because the running backs accrue value so quickly. Um, Goody, are you on team Vaughn ahead of the, the wide receivers or are you still keeping him pushed down by the, by all those first round wide receivers? Uh, I think I kind of have him in the middle of those wide receivers, basically. Um, I, I mean, I still think that CD lamb, that talent kind of wins out at a certain sport point. And, you know, Amari Cooper's contract, like for people playing like reality sports online, I think clears out after 2021. I know that in theory, that's kind of a long time to wait per se. I think Gallup has another year on his deal. I, I like Lamb still as the receiver, as, as wide receiver one in the, in this class. I, I wish the landing spot would have been the Raiders, frankly, I think, or the Jets. And I think I, mean, I listened to your podcast last week, Mike pre-draft and I think you guys were all thinking the, the same thinking and yeah. the same I was shocked man I was shocked yeah. that the Jets didn't go wide receiver and and I mean it's really like the Raiders just they're in fit their historical infatuation with speed I think probably pointed them to rugs you, you feel like Al Davis was like kind of coming up under the ground at making yes. the pick but um yeah so I, I I think I still would I would probably pick Vaughn maybe evenly with Judy, depending on what my positional needs are in the reality sports online league. I mean, it looks like that's kind of shaping up around 1.07, 1.08, which I think is give or take like $5 million a year or so in the RSO rookie wage scale. I mean, I guess another question today, like, I mean, with my fear of missing out and I didn't have any picks, we have uh, uh, one of the teams has a lot of picks in a row, one, one, seven, eight, nine, they had one, they had five, they're kind of building up their team. And I offered Debo Samuel who's on a second round rookie deal from last year, 1.7 million a year for, you know, I think 1.08 to take lamb and, and got, got the Heisman and, and these guys are probably right in doing so even with Debo's potential so I, I think 
you know, beauty is in the eye of the beholder. I think the community like likes Vaughn. And what do you think, Mike? I I really really like Vaughn. He was uh, a running back that as soon as I was watching the tape on him because we we catch up in January February because we're so locked into what the NFL is doing. So I'm catching up and watching him, and his tape was fantastic, man. I mean he's uh, he's a versatile back. He can catch the ball. He was in high level competition at least for a couple years. He gets drafted by a a coach that will go one running back. Uh, he will turn you into a three down back. The question is, uh, how soon does Vaughn get on the field? Because Bruce Arians generally doesn't like to put rookies in that type of a situation. Can Vaughn beat out Ronald Jones? Uh, like, like, will Tom Brady say, Ronald Jones, you've got to get out of here because you can't catch all my checkdowns that, that we know Keyshawn Vaughn will do. And then on top of that, like if Vaughn gets in, if he blows a uh, a blocking assignment, he might be benched for multiple multiple games. So long term, once Vaughn is acclimated to the NFL, I really really like him. And he was he was the biggest struggle of not uh, of not ranking him at the one oh six. And I was like, man, can I really take third round Keyshawn Vaughn? Even though the situation is fantastic, can I really draft him? If I'm on the clock, would I really take him over CeeDee Lamb or my pick of these wide receivers? And eventually the answer was no, I couldn't do it. But can't, But Vaughn is still a, a first-round rookie pick to me. And as you and your friends debate that out amongst the football guys, does that does, does it ever get to a point where one of you is really dug in and you really like get – you have to get pushed on by the other guys and vice versa. Does that, does that play out that way on, on things like this? Or at this point, is it just all like levity and fun and games? Uh, and, yeah, right now it's the, the, the takes have not become fully entrenched. I mean, they're, they're very fluid. We're all still trying to figure out what's going on. And what's wild about rookies is the NFL draft happens. We have full-on uncontainable rookie fever we're starting this rookie draft immediately knowing that in August, if you had done the rookie draft in August, it's going to look a lot different. It happens every single year, no matter how convinced you are in your takes. So we aren't locked in with rookies. Once the, once August rolls around and we have our full rankings for the draft for the ultimate draft kit and everything that then things start to get a little bit more heated <laughs> and combative. Very good. And speaking of that, the next question that I had for you as we talked a little bit more and, and Goody and I started to think about how we could best make use of your time. I was thinking, like, at, at what point was there like a pivotal moment for you, Mike, where you realized you, you guys are, you're onto something. You're, you've, you've captured something that a lot of people are interested in. And now you and your friends might have a chance to make a living talking fantasy football. Was there a moment that stood out in your rise that like you remember? Sure. This is it? So I would say there's a couple things that happen. So we decided to start to like relaunch actually, because the, the fantasy footballers initially was simply myself and Andy. And when we were, and we were doing it on our lunch break once a week, no one was listening to this show. Not, I would, I, not even me. I was not listening to our show. Uh, and then there was just this job transition for the three of us. And we invited Jason in. And we had a huge debate of do we start the podcast now, just get it going, or do we prepare a whole bunch of things behind the scene, get everything ready, and then launch in June when the casual fan is starting to return because training camps are kicking off. So, and then NFL, you know, hockey sticks into the mainstream. And we decided, no, we're, gonna, we're just going to go for it right now. We're, we launched uh, the week after the Super Bowl. <laughs> and we were still a re like fully redraft show at that point too, where, which we are, we're a redraft show dynasty leaks in more and more now. But at that time, none of us were in a dynasty league at all. Uh, and then it, you know, we're getting some listeners, they're trickling in. And then the time where we thought we were going to start in June or July, all of a sudden the listeners really started pouring in. I think we were combat, like, there's there we were ready for the opportunity so i'll say that like working hard i think our show was uh was was good was very good at that point 
but we were just in the right place at the right time, man, where uh, the ESPN podcast, they were having transition with their hosts and people weren't even sure if the show was going to continue. It was like they left it in this weird nebulous thing. So I think people started looking for other shows just in case and they came across our show. And so once the numbers hit, uh, a certain point in that June, July, it was, holy crap, guys, I think we can actually do this. Then our first ad was for Audible. And I mean, not for very much money, but it was, we read the 60 second ad and we're like, wow, guys, we just made money <laughs> talking. I mean, we read an ad, but we were making money talking about fantasy football. And at that point in July, we said, okay, we, we, we have some magic here. We think the, the show is, is good. People are latching on. Like, it, the feedback was, was coming back overwhelmingly, overwhelmingly positive, and we knew, okay, if we're going to go for this, we have to go five shows a week in the season. August, we're going five shows. It's going to be rough. It's going to be a grind because this is not our primary job at the time, and we all have three kids. So, I mean, like, we're recording – Oh gosh, now I'm remembering. We we used to record shows at like 11 p.m. We would all go over to Andy's house after spending the whole day working, taking care of the kids. We would go and record the show. And man, it was brutal. It was it, it, like we were working really, really long days, but knew this was the only chance. This was the chance we had to take this thing to the next level. And thankfully, it 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 eventually worked and now the three of us have been doing this only this full time for oh gosh are we on our sixth season i think something like that now what a cool thing and as you say your preparation definitely stands out the production quality all those things are true but the, for from my perspective in the as in like the teacher's chair there's something about the dynamic of you and your friends was that built entirely around fantasy football because I get to hand it to Goody he reached out to me from the west coast because we were just having some great dialogue about trades and stuff and that's sure. how we got put together like where does that rapport come from like it was how is that friendship and, and that that built up over the time so we've I've known those guys now for 12 years maybe okay. I I uh Jason owned a video game company and Andy worked for Jason for a long, long time. He, he was the COO of the company. And then I came out, I got a, I earned a degree in, in video game design and I wanted to do audio. I just happened to meet up with Jason and they were looking for an audio engineer. So I got picked up there. So we all made video games technically, but the passion of the office for the majority of us was fantasy football. So we would, and not just fantasy, I mean, real football, we were, ridiculous we were the, the people who did not like fantasy football are like oh crap it's football <laughs> season again uh, and i mean like our league of record is mostly composed of people who worked for that business so that's that's how the camaraderie started was we were already friends we were already friends who talked about fantasy football all the time we just had to translate that into talking into a microphone have, like having the conversation through the microphone to your friend, which it, there's definitely a learning curve to talking into a microphone. It's really strange the first time you start trying to do it. It sounds so easy when you hear people who have done it a long time, but it's, it's a weird thing to be doing at first. Uh, and then we have a competitive advantage over most shows because the three of us are in the same room. And right now we're doing the Zoom meetings and man – I mean, we, we still have years and years of chemistry already worked up, but I can feel it. I, I can feel the difference of talking to the footballers through Zoom as opposed to when we are in the same room. The, converse, the flow of the conversation, the, the way that we are able to connect, jump from seamlessly from topic to topic, not talk over each other. It's, there, are, there aren't many podcasts out there that have that luxury. So I believe that that really helps – uh, translate to to a good entertaining product where like like i said where the, the people just aren't in the same room and then there are the people that are in the same room they were kind of put together by a, a puppet master yeah. a big a big corporation and 
it's it's nothing against them because the I I like the people from the big shows as well. Like we're all friends in the industry, but our show was built out of friendship instead of, hey, these three guys all know about football and they all work for the same company. Do a podcast. Well, Mike, it sounds definitive. Goody, don't you think uh, that means that you need to move from the state of Washington <laughs> to our nation's capital? Right, like just bring it together. I think I think that was that's what I heard. There. I mean, is George Steinbrenner trading like to convert all the concessions to chicken or whatever in exchange <laughs> for my services, like on Seinfeld? There you go. Uh, yeah, I mean, DC was was home at at one point. Um, so, I mean, the, the, hey, you've at least seen my setup being out here in Seattle a couple of years ago. Like, I haven't really, I have no picture other than like the room I I see from time to time. And and you know, maybe maybe we'll get one of these live if if I, I end up going back home to Cleveland or whatever for the draft next year, we can figure figure that out maybe. I I'd love to do a live podcast on location somewhere. So um I mean we had the Zoom party last week for the draft. I, I mean it's a kind of first step in building community beyond like what we're already trying. So I'd certainly be be open to it, and I think we got some exciting things down the pike here. Going back to Clyde Edwards-Hilaire for a second, um, I went to college with his position coach, um, Dylan McCullough, at Miami of Ohio, uh, and he was just a stud running back then. And I'm working to try to get him on the podcast to talk about Clyde Edwards-Hilaire nice. a little bit. I'm kind of playing the alumni connection. Haven't struck through yet, but you know, hopefully that's a, <laughs> that, hopefully that's a possibility. I mean, if we if we get Mike right, I think we can get D Mac too, right? <laughs> well, speaking of Mike and speaking of Clyde Edwards Lair, in the community that he he's checking in as the top rookie in redraft as well. And you said that you probably would still be uncomfortable with him in the second round. Yeah. Uh, is does that mean the third is when you start feeling comfortable taking him in front of some other guys man it's i'm building my my full projections right now i'm through about five teams so i i don't know where he shakes up in in the grand scheme of things uh so i i can't fully answer that question but i mean i can i can speculate and project because this is what happens with rookies every single year like where uh in I, I take some of the blame here. I was very excited for <laughs> David Montgomery and his opportunity uh, that it seemed like he had a very clear path. And then all of a sudden it was, wait, guys, freaking Mike Davis is just, he's going to be out there on the first snap. And lo and behold, there's Mike Davis. I mean, eventually Montgomery got his opportunity. But it's when, they, when there's running backs not drafted in the top 10, like Fournette, Zeke McCaffrey like they don't necessarily get the starting role week one as we hope and that's but that's the way we draft like if you want Clyde you will have to pay that premium and sit and wait and hope that the the breakout of him being the starting running back comes in the first 25 percent of the season like because then you win like to me honestly you draft Clyde in the third round by week four, if he is the starter, you've won because he's going to be a running back one for the rest of the season. You look at, like, Damian Williams is – he is such a tough case to evaluate what happened last year because if you called him a bust, you did you won. Like, it, you can't argue the fact that he was a bust yeah. because he sucked for your fantasy team. But what you can argue is when he was actually healthy – he was dominating for fantasy football. So it's like this weird, the people who voted bust won, but just kind of on a technicality, because if you voted he would bust, like he wouldn't have production, he wouldn't be the starter. That was very wrong. Uh, so it would, I've, I've diverged from my point here a little bit, but just saying that if Edwards is the starter by week four, that will pay off massively. But that's a gamble when you're in the third round and there are known players who you know they have the starting role and they are good players. Speaking of like some of those gambles, Goody, I'll put them in view. Some of the, the younger guys from last year, are you, is Clyde Edwards-Hilaire a gamble you're willing to take over the Miles Sanders, Josh Jacobs, and mm. even David Montgomery crew? Is that like, are you, are you uh, comfortable taking him over those dudes? I would. I, oh, I'm, I'm go, go ahead. Go ahead yeah. yeah. Okay, I'll uh, jump in. I'll jump in. Yeah, go uh, first. I, I would take Josh Jacobs for sure over them. I love Jacobs this year. I love him 
so very, very, very much. Like, I think he's going to have a monster breakout season. Miles is a much tougher case because over the second half of the year when he was actually kind of had the job because Howard was, was out of the picture already, he was great far more often than he was not. But I, I, if, if a team adds a veteran running back, like if Carlos Hyde all of a sudden shows up on the Philadelphia Eagles roster in August – I'm not going to be surprised in the slightest. Like there's just, there are variables. I would still, oh gosh, I probably still would take Miles Sanders over Edwards, but I'll take the shot on, uh, on Edwards over David Montgomery, who Montgomery was a big winner of the draft. They didn't bail out on him just yet. He's still going to be the starter. He's still going to have that. Maybe they're going to have this super sweet formation where it's just offensive linemen and all tight ends. (laughs) <laughs> and like zero wide receiver, like the ultimate, <laughs> ultimate heavy package. And we'll see if Montgomery can get it done. But, but I would take the upside of Edwards over the volume and hope for Montgomery. But the other guys I'll take over Clyde at this point. I can just see Bears fans just like crying on the sideline as like as Allen Robinson stands there with his hands up and this massive package goes <laughs> out on the field. Like, so, so. Yeah. I'm with Mike 100% on this. I mean, one thing I, I do want to say about David Montgomery, especially like in the reality sports online community, I think this is a great chance to buy him low um, in in general. I, I think that we, we've seen, I, I think, what his, what his floor is, and he's, and he's still the, he's not in a timeshare or anything else, really. I mean, I know Cohen gets a, gets a lot of reception and action, but I I, I I don't mind Montgomery's price right now, especially on a, on a rookie deal. And I think that we have a tendency, you know, as Dr. Renee Miller from the athletic came our podcast at one point to have bias towards, you know, recent performance and everything else. So I, I'm still taking a long view on Montgomery. I, I, I mean, I, I would rather have probably the top four rookies over him this year, like Edward Zolaire, I'd rather have, I'd rather have, um, Dobbins I'd rather have Taylor obviously you know those three for sure and you could probably debate on 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 the others but um I I think there is still opportunity for Montgomery so I'm I'm glad you asked that question kind of pivoting back to Mike like if if you're in a startup so say we're doing a reality sports online startup where where the top running backs are fetching 30 million dollars a year annually where like what who who is a vet that you're paying that you're not paying that money to that you're paying maybe some of these rookie running backs or receivers, that kind of money, probably not. You, you wouldn't necessarily pay a, a rookie receiver 30 million, but. Okay. Just rephrase the I'm not sure if I'm following so, your question completely. So okay, in, sure. a, in a typical redraft league, right? These guys that go in the first and second round are, allotted salaries in reality sports online that are close to 30 million out of the entire NFL salary cap. So out of your 198 million, you have to pay these guys $30 million a year. Um, are there any rookies that you'd be willing to like throw that kind of money at, at this point, not having seen down in it? Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. Because even though I'm trying to throw some, a little bit of cold water on the beginning of this year, long-term, I mean, it's, it's an unbelievable situation. Like, the upside of Edwards Alaire's career is LaShawn McCoy. And if you had, LaSha- if you got LaShawn McCoy as a rookie and you paid that money and then just were able to keep him around, you had, that was, that's a smashing, smashing success. And it, it's, it's really hard to remove yourself from the hype that Kansas city is placing upon the player where like Andy Reed is legit excited and can't even hide his excitement for the draft pick of Edwards Alaire. They could have taken any of the running backs. I mean, they, first of all, they don't have to take a running back there. It's unnecessary. But they decided that Edwards Alaire was the guy that was the best fit for their team, and he is. He was the guy, allegedly, that Patrick Mahomes wanted the team to draft. So there's just so many things pointing in the area of Edwards Alaire being just a lock to be a success. Like, Patrick Mahomes is... Uh, look, guys, Patrick Mahomes is going to be in the Hall of Fame. I'm, I'm not ashamed. I'm not scared to say that Patrick Mahomes will end up in the Hall of Fame after seeing him play football for two years. That's a preposterous thing to say, generally speaking. 
it's not it's not preposterous to talk about Patrick Mahomes that way. The NFL hasn't seen a player like this. Like that offense is always going to be top three as long as Patrick Mahomes is the quarterback. Give me that running back. Yeah. So speaking of things you're excited about, we're going to pivot back just real quickly to reality then for a second before we let you get off the spot. And I got to embarrass you a little bit here. But if you think of your life 12 years ago to where you're at now, one thing I've always been drawn to as a professor is like. I really am fascinated in talking to people who achieve a degree of success over a relatively short time frame, and perhaps more success and in a different way than they ever expected. And you remind me much of my buddy who's an editor at Marvel, who has like the, the best kind of fame. Like you can walk into a fantasy football room and people know you, but you can go out to the grocery store and I assume people aren't like necessarily harassing you for like autographs and stuff at the grocery store. Like it's a good kind of Correct. fame. You can pick when you want to be known. That's awesome, right? Like you, and so, but having said that, is there anything at this point now that you realize like, you know, you've, you guys have like this wonderful reputation for building the community. Is there anything that like a cause that gets you excited in reality that you like mm. want to throw that kind of relative influence over those of us that like to listen to you chat about fake football. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I love it. Uh, as a youth who struggled incredibly with uh, mental health problems, like massive, massive depression growing up, feeling alone, like uh, no one com no one could possibly understand what I was going through. I mean, like, uh, got really close to dropping out of high school i mean a lot of things i i just jumped on oh crap i can't even think of the name of the of the show but mitch carl does some writing for us and he's got a new podcast out where he's talking to people in fantasy but kind of about their backstory so i go i i dove pretty deep into that and so i i mean i had i i can't stress like massive massive problems with depression followed up by my early 20s a uh, a massive problem with anxiety so like I have run the gamut of mental health problems. And so I totally understand where people are coming from with that. So if, if you follow me on Twitter, you'll, you'll see, I always engage in the, uh, when the let's bell talk uh, hashtag goes around, I'm, I always jump in, remind people of my story of uh, like, I, f I feel very compelled to share about it now because it's such a isolating feels like a private thing that I can't, you can't share this with anybody. So I'm trying to use, my platform whenever I can to talk to those people who are struggling and suffering with depression that it's uh, you're not crazy. You're just, you got, you got a mental health problem and it's okay to go get it fixed. It's okay to go have a professional help you. It's okay to take medicine to try and get better. Like we would never get mad at someone who needs their appendix cut out and be like, come on, you, you weenie. Like what? <laughs> just, just man up just man up that appendix is fine like that and, and that seems to be the overarching uh <laughs> method of healing for people with depression is man up thankfully i mean it, it, it honestly feels like the the national storyline is changing and that's fantastic but i want to be a part of that change to drive that further to it's just completely normal man like it, it it's it's far more pervasive out there than you would possibly imagine when you're stuck in your depression hole. So, yep. I'm, I'm totally with that. Uh, I think Brandon Marshall has a fantastic, uh, nonprofit for, for mental health. Cause I mean, he, that dude had some, so he had some issues that he had to take care of as well. So that I hope, hopefully that answers your question. For sure. Yeah. I was going to ask the exact same question. I appreciate everything you're doing with, with, you know, kind of promoting me mental health, especially at times like these. I mean, yeah, you man. Brandon Marshall. <laughs> I mean, Kevin, I think Kevin Love has done a lot in the NBA, like, you know, the, the stigma that was once associated with it. And I think, I mean, it impacts, you know, not only people, but families and, and you know, kids and everything else. So I, I, I think, you know, appreciate what, what, you're, do what you're doing there. Um, I, I mean, how about just really quickly, we'll take a quick pause for sponsors um, just to get that out of the way and we'll come back with more. Are you a small business owner, entrepreneur, or startup executive who's looking to take your business to the next level but feels daunted and inhibited by financial unknowns? If so, check out our friends at Simply More Money. Simply More Money, they help small businesses, entrepreneurs, and executives create profitability scenarios and plans for their ideas and business decisions. 
In doing so, they significantly reduce the unknowns business owners and entrepreneurs face, drastically increase the probability of success, and minimize money wasted on trying things out. If you fail to plan, then you plan to fail, and the profitability of a business is no different. Mapping profitability across multiple scenarios allows small business owners, entrepreneurs, and executives to focus on the creative ideas that bring their businesses to life. If you are interested in learning more or want to sign up for updates and a newsletter, go to www.simplymoremoney.com. As an added bonus, if you mention this podcast, All About Reality, when contacting Simply More Money, then you'll receive a free two-hour working session. Generate more money. Move forward with confidence. Simply More Money helps businesses do both. So if you want to turn your business fantasy into reality, go to www.simplymoremoney.com to get started. So Mike Wright, you've walked us through some serious things and we'll t- bring, you, bring you back. Uh, and thank you for that, for offering a little bit of light. Of I know course. My, my students, they, you know, these are kids who are really accomplished and, but you'd be shocked at the number of kids who have, have, have won according to the standards of our society, who have like levels of trauma and anxiety. They're reaching out to me on Zoom when we're far apart from one another. And, and it's just really staggering um, and really hopeful to hear that, they, that their message, and I think you're right, the message getting through to them is it's okay to ask for help. Like that is actually resonating with people younger than us. And that's good because you're totally right. In our generation, it, it, it was dicey to ask for help. <laughs> yes, it was. So, um, and so on fantasy, like the, um, when we look into the future, then speaking of like younger folks, uh, I always feel elderly when I speak in this fashion. <laughs> Hello, fellow young people. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Young people. <laughs> Um, as you look ahead, you, you've characterized yourself as primarily redraft. RSO has um, come across the radar of the football guys a couple times and, and as contract leagues and dynasty leagues become more popular. Do you have a vision for what you think will be the more popular formats a, a few years from now, like DFS or dynasty or redraft? What, what do you think will, will gain some popularity or just remain popular? Sure. So, I honestly think that redraft will remain the king and it will remain the king forever. Like we uh, on Twitter, when we get into our bubbles of the the feedback loop where they basically they people tell me what I want to hear. And then I tell them what they want to hear. You would think that dynasty is dynasty and Superflex is taking over the world. It's not, I'm sorry to be the bearer of bad news. It's, it's not that the game isn't fantastic. Like I, like I said, I'm, I'm relatively newer to dynasty. I love it. I, I'm very much enjoying my time on my dynasty leagues uh, now, but redraft will, will remain the king because it's just not, not everyone's as, as uh, hardcore as we are. Like most people are not talking about football in the middle of March, but we are, and there, and there will always be a sex of people who will do that. So I, the redraft will be King. If anything gains traction to me, it'll be keepers. You know, like more and more people will have those. Okay. I'll have the three keeps and, and dynasty definitely will grow because it, it's the it, people in dynasty. You know, that that's the, that's the evolution. Once you've done redraft for, five years then you're like man what what else what else is there what other what other uh whatever lift can i get here and then you find dynasty leagues but a lot of i would say most fantasy players won't take that jump into going dynasty what's interesting for dfs is uh like they i don't know how long dfs is going to be around because of the legal sports betting getting passed through like it we're, we're probably a couple of years away from it, but sports betting will be legal in all 50 states eventually. It's, it's just, it's happening. And the idea of the, a, 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 a better, or just like a, a casual NFL watcher, the idea for them to jump onto something and bet, hey, I think that Tom Brady's going to throw two touchdowns today. That's far more appealing than them jumping into uh, FanDuel and DraftKings and setting a salary lineup when you're up against professionals. Like, it's really, really intimidating for new people to go into that environment. So I think that eventually it will just – that'll fade into 
a bit of obscurity and it will turn into we're just we're picking winners on games and we're picking winners on on prop bets because it's real easy for everyone to understand everyone has an opinion on it you know, if you're watching the NFL every single week I have an opinion of will this player rush for 50 yards or more I could go throw five dollars onto that and just make my Sunday a little bit more engaging so I, I think sure. that will be the that'll be the next thing that that jumps into more of the mainstream very good goody what do you think you got a reality question based question for mike as we have ping-ponging back and forth between his worlds here i i i don't i definitely do um mike obviously gotten to know your personality a little bit through the podcast and through joining us and i'm just kind of curious like what song personifies you the best or or like what would your theme music be if you you're the theme music and the hook. Like if you're making a, a sports entrance, I mean, full disclaimer, I've been in, big into sports for a long time. I think every morning when I get the paper before, like the, to read the sports section before school, I'd open up the garage. I'd be like, and now introducing from, you know, right. and like what music, I mean, now we, the last dance is going, you got like the, that, AKA the Ricky, the dragon steamboat music going for that. Sure. Like, is there, is there something, is there, is there a song that you think like you gravitate towards or would, be your kind of entrance theme music sure uh i uh, so i i i really like the entrance of uh if you want to talk mma like conor mcgregor the theatrics of when conor mcgregor is walking in where the lights go out that incredible celtic real ethereal music starts playing but i also want that song to eventually kick into gear so i would combine those things where i mean lights are out yeah the the song is going it's and i'm a big big fan so I'm, i would have to go with phil collins in the air tonight where it's just it's it all builds up to that one that one drum fill and that's when i'm like yeah mike's in the house and then i'll come running through or running down whatever aisle so I would go with that song because I think it's the perfect mixture of tension buildup with payoff when the song kicks into gear. Wow. I, that is like the, the, the 50-50, like that's like the, the Neapolitan ice cream of Luke and me. I think, because, <laughs> sure. Because you, you have Baker Mayfield doing – he does the in the air night before the Browns games. I'm a, I grew up in Cleveland. I'm a Browns fan. And then – like Luke's Irish heritage, plus the fact that his brother, his little brother, in real life is an MMA fighter. I'll, I'll I'll kick it over to you. Oh, Luke, nice! You need to you need to respond to that for sure. No, you you kind of gave me shivers because you reminded me. My uh, I've told Goody before, and our listeners have heard. But my little brother two years ago won a million dollars in a prize fight on New Year's Eve at Madison Square Garden for the PFL. Holy crap! What's his name? Sean O'Connell. So, and he, okay. And he's, he's more famous for what you've probably seen. He's, he's gone viral a few times with, for his funny introductions at the weigh-ins. He always does something like goofy at the weigh-ins. And then okay. his walk-in song is often as you describe, like it, for example, he did Jay-Z's Hard Knock Life for a long time, but then he did The Greatest Showman for his, like, for his walk-in um, at the end. So he likes those ones that build and ascend and, and, kind of get you in the heart so i think i do think it's funny i think you would very nice you you do have that sense of showmanship and that's so vital and that's the beauty of this stuff right like it's fun to talk football it's fun to get in a microphone and do it but like like you guys the, the live shows have this energy when you guys when i listen to those pods where you just want that to be in the room like you know like you, you that's why yeah. we all do this and it's fun like you you can tell you guys are feeding off it like you're running and, and i think that's a good thing and, and it speaks well to people when they hear it's okay to perform for others to like bring that <laughs> touch of joy into the into the mix for us yeah the the live shows have been awesome just awesome where uh it it's a, the like the going back to why the show succeeds of, of like us being friends, but we also have this completely unplanned triangle of personalities where there's going <laughs> to be one of us that you gravitate towards. Like it, it, we're, we're very different, but we're all very, we're all same. I, so I, I don't know how exactly to explain that, but you will gravitate towards one of us. And our, our play style in fantasy football is kind of the, the same thing. 
what's funny is for the live shows, my background is a, a musical performer. I thought for, my, for most of my life, I would be playing live music. And I did. I did live music for a very, very long time. Jason was a very accomplished comedian, especially in improv. Like he was, he did stuff with the, the groundlings. I mean, like he was le legitimately on his way. And I think he just ended up starting this business that became very, very successful. So he, he had to make the choice and pivot. So his background is comedy. And you can tell, I mean, Jason is by far the funniest of the three of us. Like the, the dude's cracking me up nonstop <laughs> every single day. Uh, but so he, he has a background in performing. I have a background in performing. The only one who didn't was Andy. So it was really f interesting to watch Andy try to prepare to be on a stage in front of a, a whole bunch of people where, I mean, for Jason and I, it's like, all right, we're back. We're back where we're supposed to be. And this is all just this brand new situation for Andy. Uh, but he came out, of course, he crushed it as we knew he would. But it's, it's so uh, fulfilling and incredible to get out there when we're, um, we're, we're selling out these theaters, you know, with a couple hundred people who want to – there's a couple hundred people who want to spend their Friday night watching three dudes talk about a game based upon a game. It's, it's this really bizarre, surreal thing, but it just speaks to the, the, the connection of entertainment that we've been able to create with our community, which the Foot Clan, they are – we often say the Foot Clan are undefeated because they are uh, – but you, you, you do your podcast in a room. You know how many people are listening. But the show is the three of us and then Brooks and recently Jeremy uh, is jumped into some more producer duties and things. So it's just the five of us. So to actually get to go out and see, oh, yeah, no, there's real human beings that are listening. They're not just a data point when I go look at our download statistics. So to get to actually go out and physically meet people – incredibly incredibly fulfilling for us and it must be so nice for you like you guys who work so hard to carry andy to like really give him a chance to get a little <laughs> bit of credit too right like that's uh that's, that's right <laughs> so uh no that's 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 really great and a, and a good insight about the live performance so goody um i would i was wanted to ask both of you but goody i'll start with you here when you we haven't talked a lot about um when the dust settles from these drafts and in fantasy, we try to figure out what's going to come in the year to come. And you've alluded to David Montgomery as being a potentially good buy low candidate. And for either one of you, you can hop in here. There was so much excitement about other guys this time last year. Um, I mean, David Johnson was a top five overall draft pick, for mm. example. That was it's <laughs> heartbreaking for me. Is there a guy that we can go out um, or that you guys see as vastly outperforming the reactions of the fantasy community at this point, like, like you, that were both, you guys were like, whoa, whoa, tap the brakes there. Like, I'm not sure Cam Akers is going to like turn Henderson to dust though. I kind of think he will, but is there some reaction like that, that, that you guys feel strongly about? Go ahead. I, mine actually kind of cuts the other way and, and, I, and I, I'm high on this guy in general, but I'm not as high as the community is. And, and I think that, that that guy is DJ Moore for me. Oh, and I love DJ Moore. I, I, really, I, really, I really like him. And I think that you're getting an offensive system that's really nice, especially with, you know, the, the guy from LSU coaching, you know, coaching the offense in Carolina. But I, I still – I don't think DJ Moore is like a 1,300-yard, 12-touchdown receiver or anything else. And, and so I, I feel like – he's you know his, his outcome is you're you're getting really excited and paying very high capital for someone who I think is going to be around wide receiver 20 or 24 and I haven't really said that on the on on the pod I know people are picking him as if he's going to be 12 or 13 and and his RSO price is starting to get up at his ceiling so so for me that's a guy that just pops off in my head of kind of pumping the brakes on because I mean I've already talked about Montgomery you know Montgomery as being a guy on top of head I, I'm just not really thinking of anything right now and I've talked about Mike Kosicki being a guy I like to outperform this year I just think there's a ton of tight ends basically that I think have some some legs so I, I'll kick it over to Mike yeah the, the tight ends this year are interesting 
Like there are a lot of a lot of late round dart throws where it usually feels like there's just a handful of them. So I'm I'm with that with Gasicki, you know, and, and Hurst being traded over to the Falcons with the massive massive target target vacancy. But so to get back to to Luke's question about who I think will outperform because we've all soured on him. I'll I'll do it again, but I'll go with James Conner, who is not he is still the starting running back for the Pittsburgh Steelers. They still want, have tried to use a three-down guy. You have to take last season, crumple it up. You you need to get the uh the the men in black machine, just wipe it out of your memory, just remove it. It never happened. It doesn't exist. The the speculation from the Pittsburgh media reporters was that they they would take a high value running back in the draft that made that never made any sense to me considering their their picks that they actually had then don't have a first you can't spend a second round on a pick on a running back when you don't have other picks to like it's it's a luxury pick and you can't replace James Conner just yet so I maybe not long term so to speak to your your audience of the with the RS on the salaries. I don't know what the future of James Conner is, but I know he's going to be given the starting role in 2020 and Big Ben will be back. This team will be at full strength again. James Conner is going to outperform his draft price. I feel very confident about that. I think those are great calls, guys. And I too, I think as far as a late round rookie uh, or probably late round tight end draft uh, pick, that is a good dart throw. Now I look at that cowboy depth chart, and I think in the red zone, like why would they even bother to cover Blake Jarwin with all those guys out there? Yeah. I, I just you're speaking, think, you're speaking my language, man. Like, I've been on, but I've been on Blake Jarwin breakout for multiple years. <laughs> and, uh, it, it hasn't happened, but they gave him money, so yeah. there's there is at least that. And then and then I, I really like I, I like attaching myself to organizations in RSO that I think are good in real life. So I. I love the J.K. Dobbins pick. I think he's an extract, extraordinary, like clear-cut yes. RB3 in this class. But for this season, I think we see the last ride of Mark Ingram. I really do. And I think his value is being driven down a ton that you might be able to buy him on a short contract and get a big payoff for that for one season too. So uh, that's, that's my other guy, I guess, this year. So you guys, this has been so much fun. Uh, Goody, any any more fantasy questions? Well, you got the man sitting in front of you before I before I send him out on one more reality question that I love. Free me! Ah, <laughs> oh, we're just kidding. What do you got? You're muted, Matt. Yes, I just realized that. <laughs> That's a first. Oh, Someone man. successfully muted me, right? First time was, ever, right? It was your best few seconds of the show, though, Matt. I was know, really touching. Totally. It, was, it, was, it was super, <laughs> super insightful. I so, was staggered myself. <laughs> breathtaking. Um, we, we have some listener questions and, and kind of plugging a great resource for the fantasy community, the Ultimate Draft Kit that the fantasy footballers um, put out with former guest of ours who makes a cameo on that is reception perception. Is that correct? Matt Harmon. Yep. Matt Harmon's reception perception will be there again. Yeah. Yeah. Feature of that. So um, honestly, like I'm going to ask all three questions. Mike can pick the, pick the one he wants to answer as the best. And honestly, like, like, so we're going to buy the, by the person who asked the best question, a an ultimate draft kit from you guys, and and kick that to them for asking as as well. Um, since we had three good questions, we're gonna if the other two folks do ratings and reviews and send the screenshot on iTunes, we'll we'll buy those folks ones too. So um, very nice. Thanks, thanks to our founders for that. Right, the first question comes from Ryan Gessner, who is thrilled to have you. I think you responded to a couple of these things. His Twitter handle is RPG4444. And, and this, this is kind of a spinoff of Luke, so let's hold off on answering this, I think. But when there were talks of an NFL strike, we were thinking of doing a college fantasy season as a backup plan. If no football happens, what could we all do? Fantasy pro wrestling, Peruvian street fighting, World Series of Dice from Chappelle's show. So that, that in a way, that kind of ties into something that, like, Luke sometimes talks about. So we'll, we'll put that in the parking lot for a second. Next one we have is from Brad Russell. And Brad is asking... 
He says, two questions. Who is, the, who is his can't-miss rookie for fantasy, short-term and long-term? Right? That may be CEH. And if you had to be stuck in quarantine with one current NFL player, who and why? Nice. Which, uh, nice. Yeah, I, I, I like that one. And then lastly, um, well, he already has the ultimate draft kit, but he, uh, Bob Three-Toed Warriors, who's been a big fan of our pod and yours, I believe – who is one non-rookie QB run, wide receiver running back that should be a major steal in most formats? And then we had one. We had one more from Kyle Contos at Double K Football. He says, "My only question for Mike, as I've been listening to Fantasy Footballers podcast for longer than I can remember now, why is this the first time I've heard of any of the Fantasy Footballers and RSO together? Best fantasy site there is being year seven of my league." Um, <laughs> Yeah, I know. Tough the crowd. gauntlet, the I'm gauntlet's telling, coming down. <laughs> I'm telling you, there was equal pressure on us as well as you to get on this podcast. Yeah, yeah, it it was, uh, well, I can answer that question immediately and say, my friend, I don't know how long you've been listening to the podcast because RSO was one of the first sponsors that we, we ever had on the show. And they were on nice. there a few times. So uh, that was probably year one for us if if the memory serves me correct but thank you for listening for so long but yeah you you must have just missed it very good and to those other questions is there a, so is is ceh your guy we can we can bank yeah. you quick yeah he's your guy yeah it's 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 impossible to not pick him all right and then what do you think we'll, we'll wrap in these other ones <laughs> the, the football player like is it going to be someone extraordinarily wonderful like uh, i mean like the handsome Jimmy Garoppolo or something. Like stuck, you know? <laughs> oh, to be stuck with, yes. dude. I'm going. I'm actually. I'm going to go. Austin Eckler. Uh, Austin Eckler is my dude. I think he is a very sharp uh, individual. He also just uh, got a lot of money, so maybe we can, uh, you know, have a <laughs> have a good time in quarantine. And also, have you seen this dude working out? Like he is an absolute fiend. And if I know if I'm hanging out with Austin Eckler. I'm getting off my lazy butt and, and I'm lifting some weights too. So maybe, maybe we can take advantage of this situation and get me in some good shape. And the, the question we always send people out on, that's what well said, Mike. And this is the question that our listener alluded to, but I often ask if in a world absent football, which I never thought would be anything more than hypothetical, but uh, right. we, uh, what would you want to build a fantasy game around for people to like gather? Oh together? my gosh. Oh that is a ridiculously hard question. I mean, you have a gamer background. You, I am confident in whatever is coming to us. You know, like, <laughs> like something good has to be come out of this mind right now. So, sure. I, I mean, I'll say ideas that are coming to me because it's, I would base it off of entertainment. I do know that Matthew Barry has already r- runs a fantasy movie league, which I think has to do with uh, you draft movies over the summer and like whoever brings in the biggest box office. I, I mean, that one's going to be even more interesting if they run it now and you have to do all digital. Yeah, like, right. uh, did you guys see the news about the AMC? AMC? Yeah, AMC I mean. AMC is trying to give you – that's not, that's not going to work, AMC. <laughs> you, don't, you don't have the leverage. No. What are you doing? Yeah. I, they've proven that it works. And they could say, okay, fine. We'll just make hundreds of millions of dollars and completely cut you out. <laughs> right. What are you I, doing? <laughs> Uh, so I, I, like I work in that space, so I, I that resonates with with me. And, and then it's <laughs> also like it's also the debate, not in the movie theater space, in the digital entertainment space. And it's just funny, funny to me that like you know people. When, I think when when people are chomping at the bit to go outside after this is all done, like is a movie theater going to be the place that people are going or or yeah, not? So yeah, but keep, sorry, go back to what you're. We're saying. all going to the barber. I'm gonna draft <laughs> barbers. Yeah, because I don't because this this situation of my hair here this is this is not a good situation that I got going on. I need to get that taken care of. Austin Eckler would be able to cut it for you mid workout. Like it's all his hand probably coordination, yeah. You know? like, while a, yeah, he while he's doing one handed pull ups, <laughs> he just yeah. grabbed the clippers and take care of this situation. Awesome. Well, during our our vast amount of time ahead of us before the NFL season, where should the RSO GMs and our listeners go looking for you, Mike? Where can they find you moving ahead here? So the Fantasy Footballers, our podcast is running twice a week. It'll run in twice a week uh, up until July, and then we'll start ramping into the full season. But 
anywhere podcasts are available, we are there. Otherwise, you can just go to thefantasyfootballers.com and get all of our information, all of our rankings. You want to buy the Ultimate Draft Kit, which we just released all of our rookie and dynasty rankings. You can do that over there as well. Awesome. Thank you so much. Goody, where, where can they chase you down? First off, like I'm not muted, so I'm Ron Burgundy. No, you can't, you can't find me there. You, you can find me on Twitter at MattGoody2 as usual. And at FantasyDocOc, with a lot of gratitude for a fantasy footballer, this is all about reality. <laughs>